Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your word tonight. We do so in the name of Jesus and believe for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Believe for ears that are attentive to hear, hearts to receive, minds to be open. Believing to be changed by what we hear from glory to glory. Believing, dear Father God, that each and every one of us will conform to the very image of Jesus and become that for which he shed his blood and suffered and died. And Father, we will shine his lights in the world of darkness, hold forth the word of life to this, our generation that they might see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. Be glorified, Father, in all that's said and done tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Exodus 23, 25 and 20 through 27 will be our opening text. And in these verses, we have a revelation of what God's will was for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. He said, you shall serve the Lord your God. Remember when Moses was sent, he was told to tell them, let my people go that they might what? Serve me. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. I will send my fear before thee, and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. So when God brought them out, he had a plan in mind. And that plan was not for them to wander in the wilderness and be overcome by the very forces that he delivered them from. It wasn't that they would wander 40 years in the wilderness and be destroyed. He had a plan to get them into a place called the promised land. A very special place where they can experience and enjoy the fullness that life had to offer. Now think about that. Who wouldn't want that? You were slaves in Egypt. Now he's offering you a place in a promised land where there's everything your heart can desire. But what was their song? Let's go back into Egypt. Let's go back into Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. Let's go back there. Let's go back there. You would think that they would want to experience the quality of life that God had planned for them. But you know what? They didn't enter in. We'll talk about that in a little bit later. But how's that apply to our lives? When God brought us out of the world and the realms of darkness, he delivered us from the hand of the enemy. And he did that not so that you and I could just flounder and wander in the world and be destroyed and overcome by the forces that he delivered us from. He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to reign in life as kings by one Christ Jesus. He wants us to rise up above all the evils of this age and overcome that's what he has in store for every single believer. That's what he wants for all of us. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of decision. Who are we going to serve? We're going to serve God and honor him or serve self or the devil, the world and the flesh. Well, I believe everybody should make the right choice and decision, which is to serve God and walk with him. Now, let's take a look at the blessings. God doesn't want us victimized by the things that are around us in this world. You look today out there and what you see and what you hear, it's crazy. Even this morning hearing about a 
supposed grenade was in the uh, courthouse. But it wasn't. It wasn't a real one, but the threat was there. And who knows who's behind things like this. You know, we've said this before. I think we're going to get it. Listen to the devil. He'll make you crazy. He's crazy. You listen to him, you'll become crazy. People are doing crazy things in the world today. Why? Because the darkness is getting darker, but the light is getting lighter. Thank God the light is greater than the darkness. Can you say amen? So there's no need to fear what's going on. As far as I'm concerned, it's time to wake up and rise up and get stronger in our walk of faith. And realize the time is going to come when that's what it's going to take to be victorious. We've been living in such blessing in America all these years. Think about it. We've enjoyed so much of what the blessings we're going to hear in just a moment that we don't think much about it. He'll bless your bread and your water. To them, that meant a whole lot more than to us. You're out there in the wilderness. You have nothing to eat. Bread would come down. He said, I'm going to get you to a place. You don't have to wait for manna. It's going to be a place where you can feast. I'll bless your bread and water. Refreshing water. Not bitter water. Not poison water. Boy, do we take things for granted. There's not a grocery store at the corner. We don't have plumbing coming into, you know, our house back then in, in, in where they lived. Out there in their tents. But God says, I will bring you to a place where I'll bless your bread and water. I'll remove sickness, number two, from the midst of you. A twofold application. I'll protect you from it. And if it should just sneak up on you and grab you, I'll remove it from you. Two things. That's what he said he would do. Did he not say that? I'll, I'll do that. It really just it makes me laugh when I read some very intelligent writers and commentators and commentaries and all that and they're beautifully explaining verse by verse scripture but when it gets to some of these that talk about he'll deliver you from all sickness and disease they skip the verse I'm wondering why are you skipping the verse why no commentary well I'll give you a commentary about it if I may I was just studying someone who doesn't skip over the verse God meant what he said I was studying under this one person, listening to what he was teaching on, on the subject. He was saying that he was, there are many successes in people being healed from cancer and all kinds of conditions. When this young girl came up with her mother and the mother said, she wants you to pray for her. Okay. Stood there. They kept looking at him. Didn't know what he was going to do. Well, you know what? The mother says, don't you see? He said, what? Her arm from birth was above the elbow. And there weren't two bones coming down. It was just one fused together. And so she was deformed, born that way. Well, he said, he learned to be fearless. Okay, let's pray. So what he did was he just said, arm, I command you to grow out. Bones, I command you to be whole. In the name of Jesus, function like you ought to. He then looked to the mother and just said, I want you to mark where that arm is at right now. From here to there. Put a mark there and just watch it. A girl went home that night. 
Woke up in the morning. It already grew out a little bit. Went off to school. While she was sitting in school, she heard some crunching going on. And the crunching, even the kids that were at school with her heard the crunching going on and they began to watch her arm move. He said, last I heard, it got to where an elbow head formed and was created. And it got down, I don't know how far, but that was, there was time after that. He goes, I haven't heard from that. But up to that point, it had grown from where it was below the elbow and coming down further developing an arm. Now we know that Jesus did that didn't he? Amen. And we know that all things are possible. But you see, it's what we really believe that's important. And what we're going to experience in this upcoming year is really based on what we truly believe. God wants us to be fearless in this upcoming year, every day of our lives, because we believe in the one who's all-powerful. No matter what the challenge no matter how difficult, no matter what it looks like, or even if it seems it's so impossible, God wants us to grab a hold of his word and take it to heart and proclaim it and declare it and decree it. This is what you said. And with boldness, believe that God will honor his word. He went on to say that I'll protect you also from miscarriages and infertility. None will cast their young before their time. Not one will be barren among you. Why? Because he's the God of increase. He said replenish the world. He wanted that. He wanted to raise up a godly seed that would honor him and live for him. This is the place of promise where you've got food to eat, water to drink, protection from all sickness, and once again from infertility and also from you know, miscarriages and all that. Then he says, and I'll also protect you from all your enemies. I will be an enemy to your enemies, basically what he taught them. You realize in, in, in Exodus 15, verse 26, we're 25 and 26, we have God speaking and making a covenant of healing with the people. But did you know back in verse 3, he says, I, your God is a man of war. He is a man of war. He will stand against every foe, every enemy, because he said in Exodus 14, 14, I will fight for you. I will defend you. Ask Jehoshaphat if God will fight for him. He did. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego if God is greater than fire and a burning fiery furnace. Ask David if a giant is bigger than his God or a lion or a bear. Ask Daniel, being in a lion's den. Oh, beloved, God wants us to believe that he is on our side. He is with us, in us, and for us. There's nothing to fear in this life. Because, you see, the enemy will use fear to keep us out of the place that God wants us to be in. And that's exactly what he did. Look in the book of Isaiah, first of all, chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. God said, I will fulfill the length of your days. God said, I'll bless you with all these blessings and that you can trust me that I'll be faithful to do everything I said I would do. But it's contingent upon this. Come now, let us reason together, which is a judicial term. Like when you're in a court of law, 
Now let's play this thing out. Saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson. They shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient. You will eat the good of the land. What was the good of the land? Food to eat. Water to drink. No sickness or healing. No miscarriages or barrenness. Protection from all enemies. I will live, fulfill the length of your days. You'll have long life. That's if you are obedient. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In other words, you can have what you want. Whatever it is, this upcoming year will be what we make it dependent upon whether or not we yield ourselves to God and do it his way and live the way he wants us to live and conduct ourselves in faith and not in unbelief. Not being led by fear. Not fearing everything that we're hearing. You know, you, you listen again to the, to the news and all that. What does it do? What does it produce? Fear in people's lives. Well, beloved, we've been 16 years now past Y2K. Have we not? Are we not? People were panicking. People were buying books on the subject, making others wealthy on the subject. And what were they selling? Fear. Fear. Afraid to live. Afraid to function. God wants us to be fearless in the face of all opposition. Our will plays a big part in what we will experience. What is our will? If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. If we're unwilling and disobedient, if we refuse and rebel, we could be devoured by the enemy. The choice is ours. And it's not that difficult. Really, the choice is between life and death. Is there really a choice? Heaven or hell? Take your pick. Comfort or eternal suffering, take your pick. I don't know about you. At my Andrew's favorite scripture now is Joshua 24, 15. He says every day, Dad, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Well, the enemy, of course, knows that fear is a powerful force. And he'll use it against people to keep them out of the place that God wants them to be in, which is the promised land. Look at Numbers 14, verses 8 and 9. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord. Remember, he said, if you rebel, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defenses departed from them. The Lord is with us. Fear them not. What a song to sing. What an anthem to live by. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And what did fear do? It opened up the door to doubt and unbelief and rebellion. And so they refused to go forward. They refused to move on. And they submitted to their own physical feelings and emotions afraid of what they were going to lose, afraid of what they couldn't have, all kinds of fears that they embrace. And as a result, they wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't obey God. Fear can do that to people. Fear kept them from acting upon the word of God. I wrote down some facts about fear. First of all, fear is a spiritual force. And just as faith is a spiritual force, 
Fear is a spiritual force. The Bible teaches us in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, fear is a, faith is a spirit. We have the spirit of faith. So you and I can either succumb to a spirit of fear or one of faith. I'm choosing to believe God. What about you? Secondly, faith comes by hearing. So does fear come by hearing. You hear what the reporter said. The land, it flows with milk and honey, but there's giants in the land. There's walled cities in the land. There's no way that we can penetrate these walls and we can't get in. Listening to that day after day after day after day will wear a person's faith down. God wants us to daily declare and decree what his word says. God said he would never leave me nor forsake me. I boldly say I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God is my refuge and strength, my present help in trouble. And though the earth be removed and the mountains cast into the midst of the sea, I will not fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? He's on my side. He defends me. He protects me. He cares for me. I will not be afraid. It's a spiritual force. You can actually sense a spirit of fear. And if you could open, have your eyes open, you would see a spirit of fear. But faith is greater. Faith is greater. Greater is he that's in us than he is in the world. Next, faith is a powerful force that will bind us to the things of God and liberate us from the things of our enemy or fear will bind us to what we're afraid of. Do you remember Job? He said, the fear I greatly feared has come upon me. The fear I greatly feared. What are we fearing today? Are we fearing this, that, the other thing? Are we fearing that maybe our loved one will not come back to the Lord? Are we fearing that we're not going to make it through and we're not going to succeed? Are we afraid of failure, etc., etc.? The fear he said I greatly feared has come upon me. And once again, it doesn't take much to listen to the report of fear. Turn on the radio, turn on the television, pick up a newspaper. Fear is broadcast everywhere we go, everywhere we look. But praise God, we have a resource for faith, hallelujah, that is more dependable than the morning newspaper, than the morning newscast, or the evening or nightly news. Praise God. Whose report will you believe? I believe the report of the Lord. Praise God. The word of God is more powerful. It's stronger than any force that can come our way. And so God wants us to recognize that. And when we're confronted with things that would create fear, start opening up the Bible. Start declaring what the word says. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. Yea, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my right hand, Jehovah God said. God wants us to feed our ears and our eyes with the truth of his word so that not fear but faith is built up within our hearts and lives. It's time to start saying, yeah, but in the right sense, we can't get in because they got strong walls. Yeah, but God is greater, praise God, than those strong walls. Oh, we can't do it because we're insufficient and we're not effective. Oh, but greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. 
But you don't understand the report came about this particular disease is coming down the pike. Yes, but Jesus bore our sickness and Jesus carried our pains and by his stripes we were healed. Yeah, but we could turn that thing around and use it the right way, can't we? Hallelujah. And then next, fear is confidence in the enemy's ability. But faith is confidence in the ability of God. Who is greater, the devil or the God that you and I serve? Hallelujah. There's none greater than him. And we have to continue to feed ourselves along this line. Death couldn't hold him down. The grave couldn't hold him down. All the powers of darkness couldn't hold him down. Nothing in the universe can stop his resurrection from the dead. Confidence in the power of the living God will always put us over the top. Fear next, what does it do? It creates mountains. Faith, what does it do? It removes mountains. Hallelujah. Facts about fear. Once again, Job said, the fear I greatly feared. He created his own mountains. He brought it upon himself. God doesn't want us to be afraid or be fearful. Why? Because it denies faith in him. Think about it. Anything we're afraid of is saying that our God's not big enough to handle it. Is your God big enough to handle it? God wants us to focus our faith on him on his ability, on his power, and stop caving in under the pressure of circumstances, what our eyes see, what our ears hear, the things we read, and etc., and start saying, yeah, but, I see that, but you know what? My faith is not in the economy. My faith is not in a politician. My faith is really not in anyone else, but the one that created all things. My faith is in him. I believe to see the glory of God. Declare it. Proclaim it. Loudly. Boldly. Hallelujah. Before even every enemy. Faith keeps. Faith keeps success flowing. But next is fear keeps failure flowing. Think that through. God wants us successful. And the way to succeed, as he told Joshua, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it day and night. And as you meditate it, pour over it and think about it. Take just some of these simple, small statements and keep on saying it, saying it. I'm not afraid. I will not fear it doesn't matter what I think about when is the end going to come. When is Jesus going to come back? Be ready. If you're ready, you're not concerned about anything at all. I'm not afraid. I refuse to fear. God is for me. Who can be against me? He's on my side. Stand firm. Keep success flowing. My God supplies all my need according unto his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God will make, make a way for me where seemingly there is no way. So it doesn't matter where I go. doesn't matter what I do. He's gone before me. And he's made a way for me to succeed. And so I will not cave in. I will not faint. I will not lose heart. I will not give up. I'm going through to victory. Praise God. Next, it also 
is expressed in word and deed. Fear is expressed in word and deed. Faith is also expressed in word and deed. How does fear come? By hearing. How does faith come? By hearing. Can't you see you put these side by side and what do we see? Hearing the report of the world. Hearing the report of the devil. Hearing the report of the flesh. Hearing the report of, and this name it, will produce fear. But hearing the report of God, the report of the word, brings faith into our lives. You know why we have to constantly be together like this? Come to church, study the Bible, etc. Because every single day, we're being challenged. What we see, what we hear, the eye gates, the ear gates, lead to the heart of a person. And you know what? In the end times, what did Jesus say? People's hearts will fail them for what? For fear. That's why we need to hear it. We need to be in, in, in this atmosphere and constantly hear the word being proclaimed so we can feed upon it, feed our faith, and develop our faith life. Next, fear is not of God. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is the result of man's separation from God. When we are overwhelmed by fear, guess what? We're leaving God out of the equ equation. Because fear was the result of man's fall and separation from God. He cowered in fear as a result of separating himself from God. Well, praise God, when you and I join ourselves together with him, when you and I pour over his word or in prayer, just start saying things like, Father, I love you. I know you love me. I know you're with me, in me, and for me. I know you're on my side. I know that no matter what I encounter in this life, you're always willing, able, ready to help me, provide for me, deliver me. That's why I just serve you with all my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength. I believe that you've got me covered, praise God, head to toe. I thank, I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that surrounds me and makes me whole. I thank you that I have no worries, no concerns, no cares, not full of anxiety because I know that I know that I know. I cast all my care upon you and you care for me watchfully and about me affectionately. So Father, I know you've got me covered. I thank you for it. See, when you talk like that and walk with God like that, praise God, what does he do? He manifests himself. So, 2 Timothy 1.7 says what? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Well, then where does it come from? Not from God. Devil, the world, and the flesh. And really, since fear is a, spir a spiritual force, it comes from the devil. There is a spirit of fear. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. What has he given us? The spirit of faith. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, what, what are we told? For by grace are you saved through what? Faith, and that not of yourselves. Amen. It's the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So faith is a gift from God. It's a spiritual force in our lives that will assist us and enable us to navigate through this life and rise up above all the challenges that we face. We don't want to be like the Israelites of old and just say, well, that's still too far to go. It's too much for me to handle. I can't do this and I can't do that. No, it's not about learning everything in this Bible from beginning to end. It's not about being a theologian. It's not about being a, someone who studies the Old Testament history and knows everything about the Jewish people and their heritage. 
You can study it that way for history. You can study it that way, you know, for culture if you want to. Or you can study it this way. I study the word of God to put it in my heart and put it in my mouth that I might not sin against the Lord God that I serve and that I might give place to his miracle working power in my life so I can navigate through this life successfully and end up eternally with him in glory. Hallelujah. That's my desire. What about yours? I want to know how to apply the principles of faith to the circumstances of life so I can say, mountain, be removed in the name of Jesus. Get out. You mess with my family, you're messing with the God I serve. In the name of Jesus, get your hand off my child. Get your hand off my finances. Get your hand off my health. Whatever. God wants us to rise up and be fearless in this upcoming year and not succumb to that spirit of fear. People are getting frightened. When's the end of the world coming? And all that. There's nothing to be concerned about. Really, we shouldn't even be concerned about what can you do to stop it? What can you do to change it? I know, buy a bunch of water. Go in a hole somewhere. Right? Get yourself a generator and get yourself a big gun in case somebody wants your water. Then commit murder. Then wonder where you're going to end up. You and I can't change anything like Only you can change is yourself. Purpose in your heart to be changed from glory to glory. Walk with God. Because whatever happens is going to happen. But you're ready. You got your ticket stamped. You're on the road to glory. Amen. You're serving God faithfully. Walking with him by faith. Mm, praise God. Okay, God delivers, I love this, from every fear. Any fear you brought with you tonight, you ready for deliverance? We're not going to lay hands on you and, and shake you and call demons out. I'm not talking about that kind of deliverance. But look at Psalm 34, beginning at verse 1. Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and departed, I will bless the Lord at all times hallelujah all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth at all times my soul shall make her boast in the Lord I'll brag about him the humble will hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from three quarters of my fears. Oh, glory. Did you, get all, did you get those four verses? No matter what, at all times, I will bless the Lord at all times. Where does God live? In the praises of his people. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. I'm not going to brag about what the devil's doing. 
He's not going to brag about what Abimelech's doing. He's not going to brag about what the devil's doing. He's not going to brag about what's taking place in the world and all the politicians talk about and what they're doing. My, I'm going to brag on how big, how great, how powerful, how mighty, how omnipotent, how omniscient, how all-knowing my God is. Hallelujah. And how willing he is to use all that he is on my behalf. I'm going to make my boast in the Lord. And the humble will hear thereof and they will be glad. And then guess what? We'll magnify the Lord together. We'll exalt his name together. And guess what? He'll hear us. And deliver from all my fears. Oh, there's a bunch of fears to face. I wrote some down there for you. What about the fear of the unknown? Sometimes God calls people to leave the Ur of the Chaldees to go to a city whose builder maker is God. Doesn't know what to expect. He didn't call me to go there, but he called me to go to Tulsa and Ramah. And when I left home, it was like, where am I going? The unknown. And were there fears that would try to sneak in and dominate the life and say, you shouldn't do it. You're giving up your security. You're giving. Yes, they were there. But you know what I did? I drowned out all that by saying, my God supplies all my need according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus. Greater is in he that's in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. And the louder all that God, you're making a big mistake. You're losing your job. You're losing all your benefits. Your wife is pregnant. And the list goes on and on and on. You're leaving your family. You don't know where you're going. You know what's going to happen after that. We're going to go. What you're going to do. It got louder and louder. But Praise God. I know that God said to go. So God is on my side. God is responsible for me. My God will take care of me. My God will provide for me. My God will defend me. My God will protect me. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What I think it looks like. Or what it should be. I thank God. He's got that all under control. I'm just going to say it. And then there's a fear of rejection. Anybody ever feel rejected? Like when someone. You try to lead them to Christ. And they rejected you. And you kind of get your feel bads hurt a little bit. And, and it makes you like you're afraid to do it the next time. To witness to somebody the next time. Because you were rejected. Alright. Men. Let's talk. That first time you wanted to ask that girl out on a date. Was there the fear of possible rejection? And you had to go sneak through the back door. And have someone else tell so and so. You're interested. Get it that way rejection anyone can fear rejection so what we need to realize is that we're accepted in the beloved there's no rejection with God and then also there's the fear of failure we set out to do something to accomplish or achieve something and there's that fear of failure which would keep people back from doing it I know someone who was really to step out in ministry years ago but failed to do so for fear of failure and failure, fear of failure will keep people from walking in the will of God for their lives. We shouldn't be afraid of these things. And then the next one, there's a fear of disease. And you can hear people talk all the time. Oh, there's this flu or that flu or the whatever. And they name all these different things. And fear seems to dominate their lives. I'm not saying it's not real. I'm not saying that it's not out there. It really is. But you know what? The only way to overcome it is by faith and not by fear. God wants us to rise up with a, a sense of faith in him and who he is and what he's done for us. So don't be overcome by 
any fear of disease when he said, I'll protect you and keep you safe. Anybody here have a, ever had a fear of flying? And you can see the fear of flying increasing with all this craziness that's gone on since, you know, the planes were hijacked and all that and 9-11. And, but people have fears of flying. Fear of the dark. Fear of uh, being in a closed place. Fear of death. Fear of aging. Anybody afraid to get old? We're hitting home with some of these things. I remember my mother saying, I took her to the, to the doctors to go to her appointment and we had to go down an elevator. I said, oh, go ahead, mom. I'll, I'll take care of um, getting the thing paid and the receipt and all that while you go down to, you know, get, she goes, uh-uh. I said, what's the matter? She goes, I don't go on an elevator by myself. I said, you don't? No, I got trapped in one one time and I'll never go back in again by myself. Isn't that something? I said, I got trapped in one as well. Actually, it was at the Hilton Hotel. It was years ago. I was a teenager at the time when we had a guild, a music guild conference that took place in the downtown. The Hilton or the Sheraton? Downtown Pittsburgh. Anyhow, got in there and got on the elevator and it was like sardines in the elevator and boom, it stopped. And they're all, we, we were <laughs> some lady, we're going to die. <laughs> All this stuff going on, all this screaming taking place. Calm down. <laughs> Fear is a spiritual force that can be debilitating and destroy people's lives. Whatever it is that, that you, you're thinking about right now, are you fearful of you're not going to make it? Are you fearful of maybe a loved one is, is not going to make it? They're not going to come back to Christ. Fearful of whatever loss of a job and that can be something that can be very traumatic when you think about losing a job especially when you're maybe in, in your 50s or something like that and the plant closes and, and, and whatever you know God's bigger than that is he not bigger than a plant he sure is well can he make a way where there seem like there's no way he can well where is this place that God wants us to be well since you asked we'll kind of close with this here Look at Psalm 91, verse 1. There is a place where you and I can be where all fear is gone. If there's a place where you can be surrounded by fear, and it seems like in this world that's all there is, there's a place where you and I can be surrounded by nothing but bliss and faith. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, Thou art my refuge, my fortress, my God, and thee I trust. Surely you'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. You'll cover me with your feathers under your wings I trust. Your truth is my shield and buckler. I will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. When he is our dwelling place, when we dwell in the place of his presence, there's no need to fear. Whether it's the Arrow that flies by the day of the pestilence that walks in darkness, the destruction that wastes at noonday. It doesn't matter. Because why? Because surrounding us is his awesome presence and his power. And then this dwelling place under the old covenant, of course, was being there where the Shekinah glory was, being the place where they could be surrounded by 
the power of God in that manner. But aren't you glad that you and I have something even better and beyond what they had? Look in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter to the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which is consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with the pure water. Let us hold fast our, the profession of our faith without wavering for faithful is he that promised. What is the place? The place is the holiest place of all. You and I have been invited to enter into the holiest place of all by the precious blood of Jesus where we can experience the fullness of his presence, his power, his working, his miracles, his signs, his wonders. The invitation has been extended to each and every one of us. All we need to do is to enter in. Enter into that place. The holiest place of all. How do we get there? By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the precious blood of Jesus. We enter into everything the blood provides for us. We enter into a place when the enemy says to us, you're nobody. And you stand there with boldness and you say, I am a son of the living God. The blood of Jesus has cleansed me, washed me, given me a new heart, a new life. I have heirship. I'm an heir of God, a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. In him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. I will not in any way succumb to fear. And you're not going to make me think I'm unimportant to the living God that I serve. You're not going to make me think the situations that come to me in life are greater than the God that I serve. It doesn't matter how awful it looks. It doesn't matter how difficult it seems. It doesn't matter how impossible it appears to be. I have sonship. I have heirship. I've been cleansed from all sin. As far as I'm concerned, because of who he is in me, there is nothing in this life that can create within me a fear that will drive me away from his presence or his power. As a matter of fact, in the book of Philippians, we are told by the apostle Paul that our front, the fearlessness that we have, we're not going to be intimidated by our enemy. To him, to enemy, it's the sign of his perdition. But for us, it's victory that we have in Christ Jesus our Lord. This place is the place where God wants us to live. It's the place where God wants us to be. This fellow that I was telling you about, as I studied, studied some of the things, he said, look, What's more important than anything else is not to sell someone an anointing. You know how on TV they want to sell you all these anointings? Send in this, send in that, we'll send you this cloth or whatever. And all that. Thank God for a prayer cloth and all that. We believe in prayer cloths and all that. But the thing is, by faith, the anointing is in every single one of us. By faith, if you're spirit-filled, you've got the anointing, you've got the power, you've got the glory of God inside you. And the God inside you is able to do for you exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that's operative in your life. What's to do is to release it and stop giving in to fear and letting fear take over our voice, 
take over our thoughts, our hearts, our concerns. God wants us to live fearless in this upcoming year. We're not afraid to stand in the face of sickness and disease and say, by the stripes Jesus bore, you are healed. You're not afraid to stand in, in front of a demon that, that got a hold of your child and say, I resist you in the name of Jesus and give you no right in any way to take my child down. Stand right in the face of, of any kind of intimidation. In no way are you going to be intimidated by your enemy. But you are going to stand in the face of need, the face of want, the face of lack, and say, I serve Jehovah God, the covenant-keeping God, who is my provider, who is my healer, who is my deliverer, who is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I stand firmly convinced that God who is in me puts me over, enables me to overcome. No matter what the situation is, praise God, I can handle it through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista, and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family. Whether you have young children or kids in elementary school, if you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of his love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world through a ministry of excellence to God first and then also to you. So whatever the situation, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal Savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus I'm now your child in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.